Um, let's go to uh, what we've been playing. So, Sweet. Chris, I know that you've been playing this game for a little bit. We saw it announced only a few months ago, I feel like. Yeah. This is Moonbreaker, a game where you can customize your board board game looking chess pieces. And right, it's like I a. I'll, I'll help yeah. you out with this. Guy. Yeah. Tell me about this it. This is a digital minifig tactical thingy. Nailed it. Yep. You that, like that? Yeah, I love it. We're going to put okay. that on the transcript. Just that'll be the headline. Feels right. Thingy. Um, but yeah, it's uh, early access. Uh, it's like 25 bucks. Uh, Moonbreaker. It's from the people who made um, uh, Subnautica and Brandon Sanderson, who I've heard is a very popular writer. Um, all the characters are really fun. Um, they all, you know, have their own uh, voice actors who do a lot of, uh, I will say, there's a lot of mirage going on. A lot there's of mirage. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of mirage out there. Um, you're like, oh, this is like the Mirage character. And then like another person drops it and is also kind of witty and sarcastic. And you're like, oh, well, that's sort of like another little Mirage. Game. But they all take funny things. Yeah, this is uh, not like a Borderlands situation. Yes. Uh, yes. And it's like, it's clever. It's not, yeah, it's not Borderlandsy. It's not cringy or anything like that. It's funny. Um, but really, really fun Oops. tactical game. So if you're like into um, any sort of... Um, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics or like an XCOM or anything like that. Uh, it's a lot like that. Um, you basically primarily play the game against people. Um, if you play against the computer, you don't get like any, really any XP. Um, it's just that's sort of like after the tutorial, you can kind of hop in there and mess around with it and then be like, okay, now you have to go fight people. Go. Um, yeah. And I have to say the first like few times i played i got my shit wrecked and then the next three games i won and then so it's like it's a lot of that you'll you'll be like man this person doesn't understand the object of the game i'm gonna wreck them uh basically like you have a captain um there's three of those currently each season of this game they will add another captain um he's your main that's your main person so if that if your captain dies that's game over and they have 20 hp um, and then you have a roster of 10 other uh, people that you can use um, that are basically shuffled like a deck. So each time you hop into a game, your captain lands, four, um, four of those people are shuffled and put into uh, your ship. Um, and you can add people to, like, or I guess like your cargo hold or something. Anyway, there's like a ship and a cargo hold. You have basically like, all all the ten, all the other ten are sitting in here, and you can um, add to basically like the um, like these people are ready to to take down with you. Um, you just have to use the mana resource in order to, uh, which is called Cinder, mm -hmm. um, which is used to play uh, play other crew members or like special abilities of your crew members and or your uh, um, captain. Uh, but it's really really fun. It's very very chess like in the way that you like hop into a game and start playing and you start moving pieces around and then you start figuring out somebody's strategy. Like I had one dude just completely bunker down and just start like, he's dropping all of his characters back here. And I'm like, I can't, 
freaking get to him? Yeah. Like, how do I get over there? Um, there's all sorts of different, um, you know, like they basically call your rosters that you have. They like I've I've noticed people online are calling them decks. Like, hey, so this is a um, this is a rush deck. Every single one of these people only costs like one cinder or two cinder to play. Um, there's so I could see that there's like there's going to be very deep, almost like Magic the Gathering type of strategy of like getting these people to play off of each other. And um, mm -hmm. there's like there's like one uh, thing that they show in the tutorial, which is like it like shows you how to interplay, um, how to use crew members together. Um, one of the crew members just has a, uh, it's like riding a spaceship and just has a giant like hand, uh, that is a grapple hook. So basically you can pull people towards you. Um, and they show you how to use that in the tutorial. They basically show you, Hey, pull this guy closer to you so that your melee captain can walk up and, and bop him or give him a good bonking. And then you, it shows you how to then after that, you can pull your, you can move that character farther, turn around and pull your captain, and then have your captain make their move. Um, oh, that's cool. So there's a lot of really cool, interesting, like, oh, okay, I see how that works with each other. There's a whole that, bunch of uh, other ones that kind of do that stuff. Reminds me of Into the Breach, where, uh, yeah, you are using weapons to damage enemies and tiles, but a lot of it is movement based and. Uh, you have your whole turn to use in any order your attacks and moves. Most characters have to move before they attack, otherwise they just give up their move, uh, yes. like most tactics games. But um, yeah, the, like what you just described, being able to reposition with one character and then take the other character's uh, like attack turn or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, that, that was uh, one of my very favorite things about Into the Breach is how tactical, tactical it was outside of just damage like you know it's not just about either moving in for an attack or getting out of danger yeah and this is like a it's just such an interesting thing because like you can you can paint these minifigs too if if you so choose you can sit in the paint tool and just sit there and paint them um you have default skins and stuff like that specialty skins legendary you know all that stuff um but you can really make these teams your own if that's how you want to do it you know if you want to sit there and spend the time in there um and you can like ev every single one of them that are uh like skins in the game were made in the tool so like you know oh, what's cool. possible yeah so you're like oh i know that i can make it look incredible um i probably won't be able to do that because i'm not <laughs> i'm not artistic like that <laughs> I, I hope that it's just like the spottiest characters of all time <laughs> right yeah 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 it's like I want mine won't look as cool as that, but you know I'll you know it's very zen to just hang out in there in the tool with the music and just um, uh, paint them because I've just dabbled in there and messed around a little bit. But uh, it's very quick to unlock all of the characters. I only have one uh, character so far I have not unlocked, um, and there's fifty crew members. So, um, so how many of those did you unlock, and how many did you start with? Um, so I think I started with like 20, I think, uh, but I had, uh, I was using, you know, uh, points I was earning in order to buy like little boosters, which are just, um, uh, chests, basically you open them up and three characters pop up in different rarity forms. Um, and there's a bar at the top that shows you 
you're this far away, you have to open up this many more boosters until you're guaranteed a legendary. So it's like letting you know when you open that next pack, if you're if the bar is full, you're gonna be guaranteed a legendary uh skin. Yeah. Um so uh that stuff's really cool. It's really fun to it's I've noticed it's like a okay, I'm gonna hop in, I'm gonna play three or four games, pop out. Um and like I said, like every season they're gonna be adding a lot more stuff to it. Um I mean, the season's going to be very long. It's like 130 days or something like that. Um, I wish they would have shortened that a little bit, but it is an early access. So, um, you know, they're not just going to give you everything right away. Right. Uh, but they also have this, um, with the Brandon Sanderson doing the writing and stuff, they're also doing these audio, they're calling it an audio drama. And you can listen to that on your favorite podcast catcher um, or at the top of the game, in the top top uh of the hub you'll see like like headphones and if you click on that you can literally just play the audio drama while you're playing the game oh that's cool so like you can listen to this story of um this like murder <laughs> robot uh, sobs in chat right now uh talking about this we'll talk about this game uh mentioning uh, they say, I'm so excited about Moonbreaker's creative potential since Bowser watches finger paint videos and paints them himself all the time I'm taking all that osmosis knowledge into the game. Uh, c continues on to say that you know all, all, all of her, all their characters are about to be black as hell. Yes. Uh, cute little monster tamer girl, black. Hardened world, hardened war criminal, black. That scaly fisher woman from the depths of the marine planet, black. And her name <laughs> about to be Aqua Liqua. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, just it's it's really really good and i'm hoping that people like hop on board i know there was like some hype around it like coming out uh but i haven't really seen like when i pop onto twitch to see if people are streaming and i'm not seeing like big numbers for it so yeah uh but it, like i did say it is an early access so it may just take a while uh but the game is super cool um it's only gonna get better um the more and more people they add like i was watching a stream that they were talking of uh where they were like discussing the game and Brandon Sanderson, they asked him, Hey, what's your favorite character or, and or race in this world? Uh, and he goes, I actually can't talk about that because oh. I haven't announced those people. <laughs> That's An entire another race of, uh, you know, people in this, in this world that haven't been released or announced yet that are coming. So, right. Uh, I have a feeling there's about to be, I have a feeling that the the amount of figs for this are going to be insane. Like you're going to like the roster's already at 50 and it's in early access. So, yeah. It's just going to keep going because they want you to play with the different maturations of how a team can be set up. So, like I think it'll just keep building and building and building in a like very wild way. It'll be like when you um I feel like it's going to be because they mentioned Magic the Gathering a lot. I have a feeling it's going to be a lot like that, where you're like, um, when you play Magic the Gathering against someone, and you're like, "Oh, I've never even heard of that card before." That effect, right? That card, you know, like, um, but the game is like absolutely so cool. the The way that they are building the world, the like as soon as I started playing it, I was like, "This could totally be a tabletop thing. That would be awesome." And mm -hmm. you would just do dice rolls to see if you would hit or not. You know those kind of things. Um, right. 
Um, but the fact that it's digital, it's it's interesting because there hasn't been this, you know, like it's like playing. It's like, oh, I've been wanting to play an XCOM like game. And I sort of dabbled in Phoenix Point because there's a free trial on PlayStation Plus Premium. Mm-hmm. Pretty dope, by the way. Just another plug for that. Um, and I like got in there and started playing. I was like, this is cool. But I knew Moonbreaker was coming out. And this is like just a different way of doing it. I know XCOM has had like multiplayer stuff before where you can like play against each other. But this just, it's different. And it's awesome. Um, all the characters are great. They all have little one-liners or little things that they say that are very funny, especially when they die. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a real like it's pretty incredible the quality of this game. Like I know like Subnautica was very popular and sold a bunch of copies, but like this is some like top tier production quality. Like this is like very 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 well done. Um, and like yeah. I said, the the fact that you can pop in and see people have like painted their own uh figs and they look way different uh that stuff is cool right um Um, there's uh well first of all cedar welcome to chat uh good to see you with the lurk noodle there Um, i could totally see something like this be a session you know people plenty of streamers do painting streams right or like uh mini painting streams among other things. And I could totally see this being a fun thing to to hang out with your friends. You know, what is Discord but just an opportunity to hang out and be in a phone call without making a phone call, right? It's yes. you, you sometimes you're playing games to be serious about the game. Sometimes you're just looking to be in the same digital place with each other and hear each other's voices. And I can totally see this just being a great way to sit around and be like, yo, check out this thing. Like I've been working on this. I you know, I had a long day at work and I wanna unwind and y'all just load up the game not even to play it but just to paint your minis like that sounds like a lot of fun uh the overwatch 2 has customizing skins now for a couple of them so though it's not anywhere near uh what moonbreakers has as far as customization uh you know definitely people got the bug in them to be able to make their own version of the characters that they spend time with and i can completely appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm probably gonna download this just like mostly to play, mostly to paint the minis. To be honest, it's so it's but the 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 actual combat and everything is so sound and like no game that I've played has been the same. That's so awesome. any game any match that I've had, it's all different. You know, like even though it's sort of same, you also get like a there's also a shuffling of assists. That happens, so you never get the same two assists. You have, you know, assists that you like, like, oh, one will be like, um, deal one damage. It, it, it only takes like one turn to refresh, but it'll be like, deal one damage to an enemy or heal one, uh, uh one damage to an ally, like, heal one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's called Plink. And then there'll be like one that's called Lifeline that's like, um, return a, uh, crew member to your ship and heal them for three. Um, and you can pull them like off that. your ship again during the battle. right. And then you would have to you'd have to spend Cinder again to drop them again. But it's to like save them, heal them up, and then bring them back down. Um, but you do have like summoning sickness and things like that, unless your, your character, unless oh. your captain, has something that. So it really is Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yes, and I I like I firmly believe that that if this finds its audience, this will be a huge 
esports thing. Like, because it's so... Like, I could watch people play each other easily. Well, that that's throwing around the esports. I mean, I wanted Limniscate to take off, you know? Like, that game could have been dope yeah. with a lot of very talented people at the race. Although, that was a very niche idea. Totally. Yeah. So, I feel like Moonbreaker is definitely, like, you, you said the production values, I think, is going to get it over the hump. And with um, Sanderson attached and yeah. Subnautica money behind it and all it's that. It's wild what they're doing with that. All right, Chris, yeah. you're placing your bets. The next big eSport is Moonbreaker. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it. If it all could right, be... everybody. Chris it's is actually putting painting his money the minifigs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like, how, how good can your fig be in a 15-minute timer? Oh, my gosh. Lizzie and I go to these art battles here in Seattle that are these paint event their paint offs essentially you have 20 minutes to from scratch paint whatever you want and then people vote using their phones to uh you know crown a winner and there are several rounds of that and then eventually a championship match like another you know months away uh that would be super cool if it was like straight up 15 minutes paint a mini from scratch like you you can practice all you want beforehand but you have to only use the tools available to everyone you have 15 minutes go and see what people come up with. I would love it, like you said, if there end up being so many characters out that you're not going to recognize all of them. But it seems like that, in this case, like Magic the Gathering, like it, that would be interesting instead of like Smash Brothers where, where you're like, how could I possibly beat this person who has encyclopedic knowledge, you know, of 100 characters and I don't. Um, it, sounds, it sounds a little more palatable, right? Cause yeah, and it, it yeah, and like I said, they're they are trying to give you characters. Like they are not trying to keep them from you in any way. They're yeah. like, take them, all of them, have them all. <laughs> like they're trying to make it as easy as possible for you to have the entire roster and play around with uh, different teams. Oh, that my is gosh. really nice in this day and age. Cedar in chat goes next big esport Pokemon Co. And then Sav <laughs> pushes up their glasses and says, "Well, actually." <laughs> Cedar says, no, no, don't tell me it's a real thing. I was just kidding. Uh, I don't want to meet my heroes. Regret. <laughs> that's what I read. Uh, well, that's awesome, man. Um, so how are you playing that? Uh, you're I'm playing it on Steam. I think that's the only way that it's available right now. I could be wrong, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's only available on Steam early access. Yeah, it's technically a closed beta. You, you had to ask for the invite. Oh, is that right? No, you have to. No, no, no. You can just buy it. Oh, great. Really? Huh. Yeah, so the early access is 25, and they have like an, a, a boosted up one that's 30, I believe. Oh, well, you can buy it, but you could have also been invited. <laughs> well, to the, close, to the closed beta that was earlier. Now it's early access. Now you have to buy it in order to be in there, I believe. Well. From what I understand, that's the only way you can be in right now is if you bought it. Yeah. Uh, they do. They are saying that they are finding out exactly what their um, their uh, their like plan is going to be. Like when this game fully releases, is it going to be free to play? They don't know. Uh, but as of right now, early access, it's pay to download basically. I mean, for it for it being set up where it could easily be monetized, but it's not being right now. That's awesome. <laughs> especially yeah, I mean, if you like, get in right like, now there's like hey buy these this currency and it's like well i don't really have a reason to right now you know right. <laughs> like 
like and also they just also allude to like some other stuff being added where like on each uh crew member it says uh like what they do their lore so you can like look at their lore and see a little bit about them and then it says stats and when you click the stats tab it doesn't have anything in it yet and you're just like hmm i wonder how far this stats thing goes like am i gonna is my my version of a crew member going to be completely different than somebody else's is there going to be a way to like adjust their stats basically yeah to almost spend like uh make a talent tree or something yeah where he's very it, much yours. It, it's very good um it's very fun um um it's great uh but there's also like a season pass that basically you just you don't have to pay for that season pass at all it just as you are an experience you just keep unlocking things you're unlocking um uh new paints decals um you're unlocking booster packs all sorts of stuff like that so heck yeah well that is moonbreakers thanks chris for telling us about that uh like you said available on early access for money oh money uh let's hop over to vilos vilos what you've been playing oh boy what have i been playing uh so bayonetta um released physically on switch it has been out since what 20 2016 2017 2018 somewhere in there whenever yeah. uh, <laughs> bayonetta 2 came out uh whenever bayonetta 2 came out uh one was digitally released on switch and uh i just decided not to play it at the time um but now that it's uh on a physical cartridge i was like hell yes give me that bayonetta especially now that we've got uh, three coming up soon and so, yeah, I've just been enjoying that. Uh, for anybody that hasn't dug into Bayonetta, it's been out for a, a while now. But on the Switch, it is the perfect way to play. Um, I have it uh, I have it handheld that I've been uh, using the, uh, the Ori Switch Pad, uh, or Split Pad Pro, uh, the, the thick-ass controller uh, to the, the put switch, on the sides the of switch the deck. Switch. The, the yes. Split Deck. How do I yes. the Steam Deck? <laughs> All of the above, and it's the perfect way to play it because the the Joy Cons are not the controller that you want for a game like this, at all, ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, Bayonetta is just button mashing constantly, twenty four seven. Like it's wild that there are so many cutscenes in the game because it kind of needs that to <laughs> to be the case. <laughs> like uh, rest your fingers. Yeah, like. Like I was talking about how how rough uh, Metal Hellsinger was to to play um, on controller, like it was literally hurting me. But Bayonetta <laughs> is like the progenitor of that kind of hack and slash gameplay um, that really gets going. But super fun, uh, of course, mildly difficult because it's a, a Platinum Games uh, title, but uh, just a whole lot of fun. Anybody that's unfamiliar, it's a uh, it's very mature, but also very immature. It is, it is in the same vein of the Devil May Cry series, just because that's that's how it was born. Games designed by teenagers, or you know, yeah. like storyboarded <laughs> by teenagers. Yeah, like when you uh, in Bayonetta One, you're trying to figure out uh, this history of of why Bayonetta is this Umbran witch uh, and what that backstory means. Because in the beginning of the game, it's like, oh man. 
there there are no more witches and it's like boy you just you just showed me two witches in this cutscene but <laughs> uh it it basically tells you oh yeah bayonetta has been living with humans for uh 20 years and and nobody understands anything except this other character that you saw in the very first cutscene, and you should uh you should talk to her and then you're you're antagonizing her and she's antagonizing you through this entire game <laughs> like it, the way it should be it's very funny um <laughs> yeah like sob says Bayo is goals to be honest uh it's a very it's very out there oh my god and i didn't realize this was in the video but since i'm playing it on switch i do have these costumes and i was playing as the samus costume and it was so hilariously awkward like bayonetta is like basically seven feet tall i think in in canon maybe a little bit taller than seven feet and in the samus costume she looks hilarious even though samus is also incredibly tall um like bayo is just legs dude just legs like six feet of legs i'm not even kidding her her character model is so funny in this game uh but it's it's got a whole lot of uh a whole lot of spunk it's very fucking ridiculous and the the gameplay is incredibly satisfying because you can you, you're just finding combos the entire game. Like any loading screen you have, uh, you you're just in this um, like witch phase world of of nothing but like this red mist. Uh, and the very few loading scenes that you have, you can just fuck around and and you're just trying out combos, and the combos show up on screen on the side. Uh, so you're like, oh shit, I just figured that one out. Okay, I'll try to remember that. Um, but you're just pressing buttons the whole time as fast as possible, and it's it's a good time. There is something about her the, the character model's face that is so off-putting to me, and I don't know what it is. Really? It's like it's like it's it's like almost like both like the this the skin of the character in the character model is like almost like Botoxy stretched across the <laughs> like skeleton of the thing that they you know made the model around. It's just so odd looking. I can't describe it. It's something about her eyes. It just make it looks so weird to me, and I don't know what it is. I it's, could be wrong, but well, I mean, it's an I, I can't unsee it. Yeah, I'm just going. What is wrong with her eyes? What is going on with her face? That's so funny. I mean, like she she really is uncomfortable to look at as Samus. It made me laugh so hard. Like I've got a few screenshots that I took of it, but I'm like, man, no, I, I got to go back to regular Bayonetta because this is just re really weird. Um, <laughs> the the Link costume is just straight up hilarious, though. I saw the Star Fox one. That's that's terrifying. The Fox oh. one is, is kind of great, but the, the Link one is hilarious because um, you're actually r running around with the Master Sword, and it, it just makes it feel like you're playing Saints Row or something. <laughs> uh, Sob says... She's just hot, too hot for you to handle, Chris. That's what it is. Yeah, too hot. Uh, she does, like, I don't know, this this falls under an umbrella for me where I'm like, this person has an ambiguous age where they're clearly, it's like the uncanny valley. Because this is like a huge, she's, I mean, she's a witch. It's the whole point. I get it. Uh, but like lots of uh, Japanese animation, whether it's uh, 3D or, or uh, 2D, is that it's like, this is a drawing of a human that has several different ages in it. <laughs> it's the body of a 25-year-old with the face of a 14-year-old. Uh, not that that's Bayonetta, but that's how I feel <laughs> about uh, a lot of stuff. 
Um, but Saab would probably just say too hot for me to handle. So we'll just we'll roll with that. Obviously, yeah. Um, well, how uh, have you been enjoying it? Like you said that you you've beaten both of these games before, right? No, I've I've played uh, some of Bayo two on Wii U, but uh, I hadn't touched the first game actually at all. So, oh, um, yeah, it, it's it looks fantastic on the Switch it, as it should. I mean, it's a full generation ago, but or generation and a half ago, whatever. Um, but it it really runs perfectly. It uh, like with some of the other games that came out on three sixty and stuff like that, uh, like. Red Faction uh, Remastered came out on the Switch, and like Bayonetta looks like a significant bump uh, higher than that did. So uh, it runs incredibly well. It plays so beautifully. Um, there's there's no other way to play it. Even if you're like sitting around with a with an old like digital copy somewhere on an Xbox, um, the Switch version is going to be the best way to play. Yeah. Uh, well, heck yeah. Well, that's Bayonetta 1 and 2 on Switch, baby. And then, uh, I have only been playing one game this week. That's mostly true. I played God of War, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the game that I really spent time being excited about was Overwatch 2. A game that, on release, unsurprisingly, has had a whole bunch of issues, but it's a big AAA release, that you know, an online-only game. Uh, it's to be expected. I saw some people griping about it online, but it's like, man... Did you not grow up with new releases or what? Like, is this every time I see people upset that servers can't, like, not be on fire on day one? I'm just like, you must be new here. Uh, so the the American servers for Overwatch just straight up don't work at all yet. Uh, they said um, several outlets reported that Blizzard got hit with a DDoS attack, which, true or not, is uh compounded by the fact that there are a lot of people trying to log in at the same time. Uh, but if you click into the Asia server, you get in just fine. It might even say that there's a queue, but it'll almost immediately evaporate, so you can very quickly get in. Uh, but you jump in. I jumped in uh, pretty late a couple nights ago, so, so it released on Tuesday, so Tuesday night. I jumped in, played with everybody, stayed up way too late. Uh, it was one of those things where I was like, it's already late. I should, you know, I'll only play like two more. And like nine games later, you know, I'm picking myself up off my keyboard. I'm like, I got to go to bed uh, because the game's fun. The game is, you know, if you didn't like Overwatch before, I don't see any reason why you would like this one. Uh, but, but if you're like a lot of us and you really enjoy the team aspects of it, uh, it's great. There are just a whole lot of changes that are all small on their own, but you add them up and it's uh, it's just a big change in the like the type of gameplay uh, that you need to be looking at. So actually, we've got Odysseus in chat. I am about to put uh, some of his footage up here um, from when we played the past couple nights. So, boom. Uh, boom. We're, we're watching a cropped version of Odysseus's uh, stream. You can go follow Odysseus. Uh, I'll type it in here, even though he's in chat. Uh, at Odysseus in SJ. So go follow him. Uh Overwatch 2 has a bunch of changes, so I'll break down what those are, why you should care, and why I think this is uh, a more accessible version of the game, essentially. Um, 6v6 in Overwatch 1 was a lot of fun. Uh, an issue that 
that uh, that came with that was that there's almost too much going on at any given time. So people who don't play on a regular basis often don't have the experience to understand when they should move left or right or when they should move forward, when they should move back. And uh, it can be frustrating sometimes. Uh, like it doesn't bother me with new players. New players are new players. But uh, with the new game, it's 5v5 only. There's no 6v6 mode anymore. And what that means is uh, you have two healers, two damage, and one tank only instead of two tanks. Um, not only does that change the gameplay a bunch, uh, that's great for everybody because in any game like this, uh, any game online that has a t like a roll queue, right, with tanks and healers and damage, tank is always the most sought after. It has the fewest numbers of players. Uh, so, you know, so blah, blah, blah. Like, we've anybody who's played a game like that knows what I'm talking about. Now that there's only one slot for tank, it's actually the highest supply roll. So uh, if you wanted to play as tank, you actually have to wait the longest because there are so many people that want to play tank. Uh, it's a great problem to have, which is going to mean uh, shorter queue times for everybody. But uh, outside of that, uh, generally speaking, with only five people running around and one tank, who's usually very difficult to kill, it's a lot easier to tell where the action is. Like where people are going, uh, where you should and shouldn't be looking. Uh, with six people and two tanks, uh, it was tough to tell when you should move. Uh, there was a lot of problems in quick play and in ranked where your tanks just wouldn't move forward. And if you're not playing a tank, you just have to sit there and wait for your tank to do something. You, It's rough. Um, but in here, with smaller teams, every character has more agency. Even the healing characters are more focused on doing damage. So... Uh, there really aren't there really aren't any characters anymore that just support and that's it. Uh, every character needs to be doing damage to the enemy team, which I think makes the whole game more fun for everybody. Uh, but they increased the time to kill, uh, which is something that I like. It's a reason I stay away from games like Call of Duty that have a very low time to kill. You know, what, once you know you're in danger in games like that, you're immediately dead. Uh, in a game like this or even Apex Legends. There are a lot more opportunities to get to safety, to heal, uh, to bide your time. And that means uh, it's a lot more thinking about the strategy that you want to employ, not just the, you know, not just clicking heads. So uh, they've got a new payload map. That's the one that we're seeing footage of right now. You get to this robot that moves along, along a track. And that robot pushes a barricade forward slowly over time. Uh, there's a barricade for each team. And so you get as far as you can until the other team kills you. And they stand next to the robot. And the robot sprints across the map super fast and starts pushing the other barricade. It's really nice because uh, by the end of Overwatch 1's life, there were problems with maps that you just got steamrolled on regularly. And that was at a normie level, but also an esports level. It sucked. It wasn't fun. They ended up removing a bunch of maps entirely because people complained so much about them, and they were right to. Uh, it, it made balancing really difficult. So with the introduction of this uh, new mode, it, seemed, it, it has a lot more to do with constantly pushing and fighting, less, less of like, oh, we're going to only exclusively fight over here in this corner 
and wait for the enemy to come to us. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is playing the, one of the new characters, Kiriko, in this uh, in this VOD right here. Another character is Sojourn. She's a DPS player. She's dope. Uh, she's just got a very interesting kit. Um, yeah, lo lots of good stuff. With the time to kill going up, they've removed a bunch of stuff like Brigida's stun. I love playing Brigida. She's got a uh, mace and a shield bash. In the first game, she had an outright stun. She hits you with that shield, and you're, you know, stuck in your tracks for a moment. Like, you can't move your feet, but also, if you were channeling any any abilities, which a few characters have, uh, they get stunned out of that. Now, Brigida just knocks people back, and she, has, she can travel further with her shield bash, so she can just kind of dance around a lot. Um... May's main ability does not freeze people outright like it used to. Her ultimate still freezes, but her main, uh, you know, where she sprays on people, just does a little bit of damage and it slows the enemy. It does not freeze them. So I think those are all positive changes. It may it gets rid of some of the most frustrating mechanics when they're used against you. And uh, I think newer players are going to enjoy that more, whether or not they've played Overwatch 1. Is her damage pretty much the same as far as that attack it's goes, though? Because it was pretty effective. Uh, She still has the Icicle attack, which is pretty much the same, but her spray is... I mean, it might be the same damage. It's not that much. It's You really want to use that when you're just trying to lock somebody down. Uh, it, It's really nice against a tank, or, or like, let's say there's a Reaper moving toward your team, and you just need him to chill out, right? But I'm... Uh, you can just spray him so he can't get all the way where he's, he wants to go. He's got to deal with you first. Uh, but yeah, there are other character balances. I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but uh, there's just a lot more focus on everyone's individual agency. The payload now, you can see the robot right now on screen. Um, it moves either at the maximum speed or it doesn't move at all. In Overwatch 1, you wanted to try to have uh, three people on the payload at all times. And it moved faster, you know, whether you had one, two, or three. Uh, but they got rid of that. So now you don't have to spend so much time just planting your feet to get this robot to move. It does it uh, at max speed. Anyway. So yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. But the game seems like a lot of fun. Everyone's in their honeymoon phase with it right now. Where all these new changes are new to everybody. Uh, yeah, there were people who played the beta like Odysseus. But there are a lot of people like me who are either going in blind from Overwatch 1 or people who never even played Overwatch 1, because now the game is free to play. Uh, it's, it's it's absolutely worth checking out, um, but just like I've been spouting a lot lately, I really would only recommend it if you have a squad to play with. Otherwise, this is just another fun game where you're going to play with frustrated uh, strangers, you know. So uh, grab yourself a, a team. I'll drop the Discord link in here for anybody who doesn't have it, and we'd love to give you some people to play with, but it seems like a lot of fun. Uh, just lots of, lots of, lots of little itty-bitty challenges. Chris, you mentioned before the show, you're like, why, you know, why w wouldn't this just be released as a big patch? Uh, and part of it is that the PvE will arrive later, so there'll be just a bunch more new stuff. Uh, that's not out yet because of the kind of bungled development of this uh, with Blizzard's, you know, bra jet, uh, bra oh gosh, I can't say the word gestures broadly at Blizzard. Um, so right now it's just the PvP mode, which is the same that Overwatch 1 was, but uh, yeah, you're going to find me playing with Odysseus a whole bunch, 
we've just had a blast playing with our our squads. Uh, it's cool. I'll I'll have more to talk about it in a couple weeks when I have spent more time with it. But you know, I'll be I mean, a, a little free. more articulate. It's free. I might download it. Who knows? It's good. Uh, there's just a. And it might be because everybody's new, so they haven't figured out how to just optimize the heck out of literally everything. But uh, there's just a lot more fooling around, running around, and like getting hit, but having an opportunity to recover from it. It feels like that's good for my the way I play Junkrat, which is go nuts, dump bombs, dump bombs on people, and then run back, <laughs> like run forward into the fray. Really, Leroy Yankins, this thing. You know? Uh, yeah, we man, we got so many plays of the games. Right now we're watching our buddy Cram uh, with this play of the game on Reaper. I had back-to-back -back, uh, Brigida plays of the game. That sure doesn't happen in Overwatch 1. Uh, so do that was know, cool. Do you know if it does anything with the uh, PlayStation 5 controller anyway? I have no idea. I'd be surprised if it did. Anymore, like if I if a game comes out and it's not doing anything with that, I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Overwatch Two is on Switch with gyro controls, so yeah. Uh, well, excellent. Yeah, I'll be excited to play that. I mean, probably even after the stream. So if anybody's looking for people to play, and actually, let me let me double check right now. I bet I can. Oops, I bet I can guarantee you. Tegan's <laughs> like, let me just clear the next seven hours uh, of my life. No, I see Odysseus and uh, Fuzzy Man Peach are both playing right now, so you could even play while you listen to us. Look at oh, that. Man, Peach. Uh, well, excellent. Okay, so that's what we've been playing. Uh, we'll see where we're at uh, next week. I'll actually be out of here. So uh, that's why I said two weeks, so you don't have to hear me just spout about Overwatch 2 three weeks in a row. Um. But let's move on to our party topic. Today, uh, we are going to play some games from Steam Next Fest, including Ship of Fools and Friends versus Friends. But uh, Chris and Vilos here pulled up a couple different demos. Uh, we've got trailers to watch for uh, things that you can go on and play right now. So, uh, Chris, do you want to tell us about the Night Witch first? Yes, I do. Um... So I, when I saw this, I was like, wow, this animation is super nice. And I was like, huh, this seems like also really familiar. Where do I know this from? Um, and this developer is, I, I pulled it up. Uh, they are called Super Mega Team. And they did a game back in, let's see if I can find out when they did this. Um, 2017 called Rise and Shine. Uh, that was a... Uh, like side-scrolling um, uh, shooter uh, that was very good. Um, it had a lot of like other video game references in it, uh, but it was very pretty. Uh, it was really difficult, um, and it was like, oh, it's like a first nice little nice little game. Uh, but the Night Witch, uh, which demo is on Next Fest right now, um, is like a big step for them. Like it clearly is like they went uh went a little farther it's it's a lot like a um i want to say like a side uh, like a metroidvania shmup almost yeah. um also you have cards uh because you're a witch you have uh you like earn mana from uh killing enemies they'll, like they'll drop it and you'll catch it um and 
then you can use that mana to play these like special abilities, these cards, basically. Um, and uh, it looks fantastic. It plays really well. Uh, this is a uh, you'll notice with a lot of these uh, that have come out this week. Uh, Team Seventeen um, is the publisher is really pushing out their games uh, uh, this yeah. week. I've noticed. Uh, I believe Ship of Fools is Team Seventeen. Um, there's a there's a whole bunch of them uh, that they that they're doing demos for right now, and they're a really quality publisher. Um, like I said, this game looks fantastic. It's difficult. It's Metroidvania. It's shmup. It's a bunch of different things, but it's it's done at a really high quality. Um, it's 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 good stuff, and I enjoyed my time with the demo. I uh, don't know if it's like something I'll be like, I'm gonna play the hell out of this. Uh, but it was just man, this is a really solid, really 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 solid indie title. Uh, that I think people when they see the animation and stuff will be like, well, I'm picking that up. And it's coming to everything. It's coming to Switch. It's coming to PlayStation. It's coming to PC is coming to everything. So. That's cool. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. It's so so nice. Like, the sound is incredible. The music is great. It's really good. All right, uh, Vilas, let's hop over to you. Can you tell me about Asteragos? <laughs> yeah, right when my uh, camera goes out. Skirt. <laughs> Here I'm coming from the uh, <laughs> Eternal Abyss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Void was calling me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> There, there we go in focus. All right. Uh, uh, so yes. yeah, this says uh, this opens up. Let's let's scroll back. In a long forgotten <laughs> land sits a lost state of Aphis. A p h e s. I, I would wanna... say Aphis probably just because oh, this, this, this is a very uh, this is a very Immortals Phoenix Rising sort of game. Uh, Planet of the Aphis. You know. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is gonna be a nice little uh, action RPG. It's it's very much like Immortals oh, was. Um, I think I see a tentacle monster. Oh, people are losing their minds, Philos. <laughs> They're losing yes. their minds. Okay, I've got like a shit ton of sirens. Hold on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of sirens. Um, Does this have the same... Oh, wow. This looks a lot like Immortals Phoenix Rising. Uh, did... Does this have the same like cheesy like comedy where you're like, okay... No, yeah. this is a very serious game, and the I watched a little bit of a one of the um, community people play it on Steam today, and uh, it actually like the the boss fight was very much more of a, a Souls sort of situation. Uh, it definitely has a lot more difficulty, um, but it looked like a nice mix of what we've been seeing in in action uh, games lately. You know, it's got a little bit of the the Kenna vibes as far as the animation, the character design. Uh, and then again with Immortals, which was, by all measures of gameplay, a fantastic game. Um, and so I, I really like seeing a, an indie dev uh, come into this and uh, bring what they what they did. Like it's it's very, uh, very colorful, very just like despite being in the quote unquote era, <laughs> the the very much Greek defined uh, artistic stuff here like we're seeing some different creatures that we that we don't normally see you know it, it may have a little bit of norse vibes to it at the same time but it's uh it's just that enough of a difference uh and it, it seems like it controls very well too uh watching the watching the the guy that i saw play um 
he was like hyping himself up the whole time in this boss fight, uh, which I think it's mostly a mostly the the main boss fight uh, in that little Coliseum area um, that he that is in the demo right now. But again, the next fest is going until the tenth, uh, yep. and there are so many demos to play. There are so many streams you can watch. Um, yep. Like there's there's just so much that you can try and some of these things won't even come out for like eight months, 10 months down the line, maybe even a year. Uh, Asteragos, I think actually has a date, but I don't remember what it was. Um, but should be by the middle of next year. Um, but, uh, some of these games are, are ones that you, that we've saw, that we saw like, um, at the, the PlayStation showcase over the summer. Um, and that's actually most of them. I think that I've, that I'm going to talk about tonight are uh, in that they were in state of play in like June or July. Um, so a lot of these are coming to console, but again, most of these are demo first on PC right now. So uh, get that, uh, get that gameplay in while, while you can and uh, see if these are going to be worth your, your time and money because holy shit <laughs> stuff is coming. Yeah, and I I'm I meant to say too, and I, I should have said it for uh, Night Witch comes out November twenty ninth, so it comes out just later this year. So it's really close. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right definitely on. worth it. Then uh Chris, let's bounce back to so that's Asteragos. Uh yes. Planet of the Aphis. Um don't don't tell the devs I said that. Uh Chris, let's bounce back to you. We got Gunbrella. Oh Ella. boy. A, A. Uh, it's the uh, DLC. His, that's uh... y'all like the Volver joints? I like those. Fuck yeah! Uh, this game is cool. Um, I was able to play a little bit of this before hopping on here, and it is very dope. It's a lot like um, Owlboy. If you guys remember Owlboy, uh, <laughs> that's the vibes it gives me. But like. Uh, it's made by the creators of Gato Roboto, um, which I know people enjoyed. Um, it's very cool. Like you have a umbrella shotgun, basically a gun, a gun umbrella. Oh my god! Uh, it also like when the the it the way the logo pops off, the um a red umbrella drops down and a gun umbrella across it, and it goes gun umbrella every time <laughs> you're on the main menu. Um, you can block with your umbrella. Your umbrella can kind of like dash you forward. Um, it can uh, pull you higher up into the air. Um, it's just very, it's fucking incredibly satisfying. And the pixel art's great. The music's great. Gunbrella. Sorry, it just did Asaf it. Um, says this is literally a weapon in Splatoon. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> of course. This game, is, this game is very, very cool. Um, when you kill people, they just giant splatter of blood, like. Um, like you would see in uh, like a Meat Boy. Um, so uh, it's really, really, it's very, very cool. I heard a lot about this um, at, uh, what was the last, um, what was the last big thing? Gamescom or PAX? Yeah, people yeah. were like, uh, apparently the lines to play Gunbrella were insanely long. And now we yeah. all get to play it at home. Uh, of course, it's a Devolver joint. Everybody's going to want to get their hands on it and check it out. Uh, but this game is super cool. Um, it's also coming to everything, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, all of that stuff. Um, but, man, super rad. Reminds me a lot of Owlboy. Um, there's some puzzle-solving mechanics in it. Uh, 
Metroidvania kind of stuff going on, but it is that one when that comes out, that's going to be one of those indie ones that everyone is talking about all at the same time. I, I do love that it's like because of the engine that it uses. It's like, did you like Broforce? Well, chill the fuck out and play this, like, right? Because that's what it is. It's like it's like the step down on the on the violence and the the just bombastic bullshit. Oh yeah, when you describe like the, the intro, I'm like, yeah, that's Broforce. Gunbrella. Uh, and like when you fire the shotgun, you'll see this pixelated shotgun shell like pop out of the of pop out of the gun and, and you'll hear it hit the ground and it's like it's just like the the level of detail on this like this like pixelated game is like it's it's good man and there you like when you start seeing high high level play of this game it's going to blow your fucking mind you're just be like how are you doing that is this the next like, esport yes <laughs> <laughs> um but like I could quickly figure out like oh if you like dash forward and block with the umbrella and whip out the shotgun and shoot him like there's just like a bunch of really cool maneuverability that can happen in this game and it's uh very very good played it for a little bit today and I was immediately like well wish list in that one <laughs> yeah um, and it'll be you know that's like I said like this will be a indie darling of the year kind of deal um it's it's gonna be a big deal heck yeah well violence has bounced back to you you got two left uh yeah we'll go with season yeah yeah i want to know about so, this uh season a letter to the future so i was going to play this last night but i fell asleep whoops Rip. <laughs> But I cannot fucking wait for this game, and I really didn't expect it to be on the next fest uh, bunch, yes. um, just because of what it is. And so, uh, season a letter to the future is exactly my fucking jam. Uh, there, there's some sort of uh, end of the world situation happening, and your character just wants to record their feelings <laughs> and, and just experience this last this last little bit of life that's going on. Uh, and it's it's literally described as a bike road trip. I mean, come the fuck on. Like, look at the views that you have in this game. Uh, it's just so mind-bendingly beautiful. And it's, it's going to be one of those atmospheric situations where you just can't help but put the controller down and just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a, uh, this is a state of play joint. I remember yeah. when this happened on the state of play, we were like, oh, shit. Yeah, it looks absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you can take pictures, you can write in your journal, uh, you obviously can bike around and stuff. Very few people in the game. Obviously, you can interact with animals as well. There's probably more animals in this game than there are human beings. Um, but it, it's just going to be such a jam. I can't wait to see uh, what kind of music it's going to have uh, as well. The trailer music is good, but uh, obviously you can, you can listen to tracks in-game as well. So that's going to make a big difference. Chill like, vibes is what I feel like this game is. Gonna yeah. Be. Yep. Chill, but like in a nihilistic way, you yes. know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly this person is not running to hang out with all of their pals, you know? Yeah. 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 This is, it's like an anxiety induced vacation. It's like, you know, shit's going to go down and I just want to embrace everything I can while it's still here. Yeah. It looks awesome. I have this one downloaded too. I just haven't been able to play it yet. 
And so I'm, I'm really, like, when I, when I downloaded the demo, though, at the same time, I was like, I really hope this is a very limited demo because this can't be more than a five or six hour game, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it is, great, fantastic. I, I cannot wait, but um, it, it's most likely going to be a very short experience. Just bittersweet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's the kind of game I would love to watch someone else play. You know, like watching Lizzie play Stray. I'm like, this is exactly how I wanted to consume this game. And watching that game, uh, Season, A Letter to the Future, uh, yeah, it makes me feel the same way. I'd, I'd really just like to be passing through to see all the cool different environments and stuff as they go. I would almost say the same about... Um, Oh shoot the the mus the musical story where you're strumming the guitar and you're just like side scrolling. We both played it. What was that game called? Where you're in space? Oh, in space. Uh, <laughs> I was like a musical story. The game that you called a musical story. Oh, love uh, Artful, it. Artful Escape. Artful Escape. <laughs> yes, uh, there yeah, I enjoyed playing that, but I would have been happy just passing through, uh, watching somebody else, you know, drift through those beautiful landscapes and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, this definitely is on the list for that. And since it's on PlayStation, I'm hoping maybe I get that opportunity. Yeah, and this is uh, also the developer's Scavenger Studio. They're French-Canadian. They're out of Montreal. And they've only been around since 2015. Uh, I am not really familiar with their first game, but the first game was The Darwin Project. If anybody is familiar with that, that looks interesting. Darwin Project was that uh, like Battle Royale thing. Well, it kind of does look like that. It looks interesting. Well, best yeah. multiplayer it's game evolved since then. Yeah, <sighs> I don't think it lasted. I, think I it mean, it, it was uh, on best of E3 2017 uh, for the Twinfinite site. So <laughs> best future esport <laughs> from Digital Trends. There well, it is. You know, bet on it. <laughs> Whoops, a daisy. But I, I do think that they're probably really, really good developers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I heard the game was great. I just, or I remember, uh, I think it was maybe an Xbox exclusive or something like that, but I just know it didn't do very well. Sometimes it'd be like that, you know? Sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, so that was Season, uh, A Letter to the Future. Vilas, yeah. what's your last one here? Dredge. Oh, yeah, Dredge. Uh, I actually learned about Dredge more via... Uh, articles I, I think than than anything else um but i think that was also uh on one of the state of plays so this is a fishing game that's not cozy <laughs> that's that's the very I mean, dredge poignant is, thing to bring out of this <laughs> it's such an evocative word for like lifting mm -hmm. something up from the depths of the ocean <laughs> yeah but like you see this part of the gameplay trailer and you're like oh my god this is cute and then it starts to get darker and so you are literally just a, a fisherman going through this this little, uh, I, I guess, oh, bunch of spooky. islets. And uh, things start getting dark, and I don't know exactly why, but there does seem to be like a corruption going on. Um, and obviously, with the tentacle coming out of the water, there's some very Lovecraftian Dude. vibes going on here. Uh, and there are some very early uh, press, um, press previews, I guess I would say, uh, that have come out that say that this is very deep. Um, it's it's a lot more than what it seems so far. So 
getting into this demo is uh, the real deal. Uh, this demo actually may be what uh, early journalists played as well, because it sounded like they just got a taste uh, a few weeks back, maybe a max a month, a month or so ago. Would you say they, um, they just dipped their toes in? <laughs> God damn it. You know? No. <laughs> but yes, they did. Uh, and it, it just looks fantastic. It's still technically chill vibes, but it's obviously going to turn into something like uh, a cross between, you know, inside and, uh, I don't know, what is it? Uh, Moonlight Bay or whatever. Uh, that that other I watched another trailer of Moonlight Bay the other day, and I was like, this does not look like what I thought it was at all. Uh, it just it like leaned very heavily into a in one of the several things that it showed us before, and I was like, oh, I think this is mostly hanging out in your kitchen and talking to your friends. <laughs> I felt like over half of the trailer was you being indoors. I was like, I thought this was gonna be you roaming around the town and being on your boat all the time. You also also have to live life, sir. Okay, first yeah. off, ew. <laughs> Fishing is life. No, I'm going to get out of here. Right. And I'm going to scan the radio stations and go meet all my friends who live far away. And this isn't Firewatch. Oh. <laughs> I was talking about um, seasons. Or uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Season, colon, uh, a letter to the future. Uh, before before we sign off on this, I just quickly thought, I just wanted to, we didn't address this at all. And I feel like we're doing a disservice by not mentioning mentioning Super Mario Brothers World movie trailer. Did did y'all get yeah. a chance to I, see this? I didn't even watch it. I'll you know, I'll get around to it. You didn't we'll, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll let No, uh, I mean, look, I didn't I, I'm not like waiting with bated breath to watch it. Whatever you I'm cool with you guys just telling me your thoughts on it. Like I'm not, I'm not as cruel. I I don't hate Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt like a lot of people do. So I'm not expecting to be disappointed by the trailer. There is not going to be a uh, isami. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> There's not going to be any of that. It seems like because uh, it sounds like Chris Pratt with a slight accent. I mean, if he did uh, do isami, people. People would probably immediately knock it for being culturally yeah, insensitive. I don't think it would be very good for him to talk that way. The it's a spicy meatballer. You're like, thanks, yeah. Mario. Cool. Yeah. Dude, Twitter's killed it for the past five and a half hours straight. Like, it's it just been. Fine. I think it looks fine. Uh, it's it's going to be good still. Yeah. It's one of those. Uh, uh, what's the, the the Despicable Me company? Illumination Studios. Yeah. Illumination Suits. So it's gorgeous. It looks great. Um, uh, they did a big whole, like the big first half of it is like a big Bowser scene fighting some cute penguins. Looks great. Hell yeah. Very, very silly and funny. Oh, I did see a thumbnail of cute penguins with angry faces. Yes. They're adorable. Well, excellent. Uh, well, we could continue to talk about that while we demo stuff. If you guys are down to take a quick break, we'll load up uh, fish. <laughs> Fit ship of fools. Gosh, I can't oh, talk. You almost had it. <laughs> I don't know what's what's going on with me today. Uh, ship of fools, uh, which is four player game. There will be three of us. We'll see how three of us goes, and then uh, if it turns out that one of our mods wants to join us, that would be all right too. That'll mm -hmm. be ship of fools. We'll see how long we go with that uh, because we're honestly not sure how long the demo is, and then uh, switch over to friends versus friends. 
depending on where that puts us for time, we can see about messing with some other stuff. We've had a much quicker podcast than uh, a lot of our recent ones where we've just, you know, gone headfirst into a ton of different things. Um, so let's hit uh, let's hit the music button, and we'll be back in about five minutes. And again, just just so I just so we have the for the edit. This has been the Party Invite Podcast. Maybe if you are enjoying this listening or watching, head out to uh, partyinvite.games. That is our website. There's blogs there, and there's links to everything that we do. There's Discord and Facebook, but, but mostly you should go to the Discord. Thanks. Thanks, Vilas. You should do that every Bye. time. <laughs>